Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by Remy Battery, family owned and operated since 1931, serving Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. RemyBattery.com. And by Huntworth Gear, high-tech camo wear at a price you can afford. HuntworthGear.com. I'm Dan Small. Jeff Kelm will join me here shortly, and today we'll get reports from John Steigerwald of the Rough Grouse Society and Ty Stubblefield of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, and Jim Bobby Ash announces July activities at the Range of Richfield. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. It's time now for the Madison Outdoors Report, presented each week from now until gun deer season by Pappas Trading Post. They are Southern Wisconsin's leading Matthews and Mission Archery retailer. They're located on Highway 14 west of Arena and on the web at pappastradingpost.com. And we will be alternating uh, fishing reports and bow hunting and archery reports uh, every other week here uh, until deer season. And you can hear this feature every week on WTSO, the Big 1070, and on our podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including Lakelink and iHeartRadio. Well, joining us from somewhere in Wisconsin's North Woods is our good friend and uh, vagabond angler, uh, Duffy Cup. Duffy, thanks for joining us. Well, good to be with you, Dan. It's good we have reception. Yeah, I, I'm glad we do. Uh, you couldn't take the heat and the rain down here in the south, eh? Well, I couldn't take the lack of uh, lack of success. Uh-huh. <laughs> do that at least uh, what I say, what I would expect. And we're up here, and it's 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 really no better up here. We've got 138 muskie that we put in the boat today, and we have been out fishing for five days now, and we finally got tired of, of lack of success. And so we trolled, and I hate trolling. Oh boy! And Jeff Jeff Crandall's in the boat with me, and he doesn't. That's not his first choice either. But uh, that's what we did, and uh, we got that 38 in. And uh, I think tomorrow when we go out, I think uh, we will. It will be easier for us to uh, uh, resort to trolling if we have to. Yeah. Well, uh, if I might offer two words of advice, bass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, we have not. We have not seen a bass since we've been up here in five days. And you're not trying, right? Well, we're not trying, but usually, you know, and throwing a little bit early in the morning, throwing smaller spinner baits and yeah. stuff like that, you yeah. usually catch some bass up here. But I haven't seen a bass. I haven't even seen a small pike. Oh my. Okay. And the other word is actually two words: Day Lake. <laughs> Uh, it's it's been very frustrating. Yeah, or or, or or clam, you know the clam lake system. I don't know where you're fishing, but um, well, yeah, we fish we fish clam just about every year when we do that. But uh, the other guys that are uh, with us up here fish. We're fishing Bay Lake today. Yeah, uh, they had one follow. They said. Oh boy, well that's usually an action lake for smaller fish, you know. Which yeah, uh, when when you're desperate, you take what you can get. Well, we're desperate. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, well, that's a wonderful report for northern Wisconsin. What, what do you hear from down south? Well, I, I hear that things are go- actually going pretty well down there. Um, 
you know, guys have been catching panfish on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I think I think the location probably changes. I don't know what the water temperature is though. No. Um, it's low low seventies up here you know, on most places, uh, which is really good. I mean, that's that's kind of uh, prime prime territory for muskies, but uh, yeah. I don't know what it is down there, but uh, I think the muskie bite has probably picked up a little bit, and the bass bite has been pretty continuously good, uh, guys getting off, uh, you know, the, the humps out on uh, Lake Mendota and stuff like that, uh, if nothing else, you know, if you want to keep it simple, you get a, you get a jig and a and a uh, leech and put it down there if it's not too deep and if it's really deep I use uh, slip bobbers uh huh pretty simple stuff yeah and that's smallmouths of course right yeah, well yeah you'll pick up you'll pick up some largemouth too but uh, uh, and you'll pick up the smallmouths in the areas also so uh -huh. they, it depends upon uh, the situation yeah okay well, before you left, or if you've heard, uh, how was the pike bite? Uh, I know um, uh, Wabisa was a pretty good uh, pike lake early in the season, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I was only on it uh, once, and that was for muskies. Uh -huh. uh, so I, I don't know about the pike bite there. I know if I'm going after pike, I'm going on Mendota. Uh -huh. And uh, that's been... The, the days were so hot and so much sun and stuff like that is you have a very short feeding window for those for those big fish uh, either early in the morning or later in the evening and a lot of those days I, I caught fish but by 8.30 you're done because the, the fish are going back out into deeper water and laying down with their belly on the bottom and at 30 feet yeah and they're just going where it's cool right it is and if you can uh guys can pick them up trolling if you're if you're trolling deeper there's a couple of spots on mendota that really uh really can produce some big fish if you can get uh a thing i'll throw down is uh spoon folks uh -huh. and uh that, that can get pretty interesting sometimes yeah do you know many people who uh, troll spoon plugs anymore? I mean, that's a bait that was developed, uh, gosh, 70 years ago. That's... Oh, heck yes, and they still work. And there are, well, let's say a select group of uh, guys in the Capital City Muskie Club mm -hmm. that, uh, that fish them on, on a pretty regular basis. Okay. Uh, so and, and you gotta... you, yeah, you, it's it's a tricky bait to fish, isn't it? Yeah, you've got to know what you're doing. You can't just uh, can't just put one on your leader and throw it out there and think you're going to be catching some fish. You got to have uh, the right bait uh, at the right depth and the correct speed of your boat. Uh, I'm doing that, and I even uh, have talked to some guys from Illinois that are that are big spoon pluggers, and there there are times where they'll take some of the smaller ones and they'll actually cast them. Uh huh. Uh, going for bass and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Okay. Um. And um. Oh, what was I going to ask you about spoon plugging? I I had a chance to fish in, in Indiana for bass with a guy who 
use spoon plugs to actually map the bottom contour of a lake because he said a lot of times the <laughs> contour maps are not that accurate. Right, the uh, contour map that I had on my on my uh, GPS on my Humminbird today, uh, the, the, the Navionics chip on there is usually pretty good, but for the lake we were on, we were on Lake of the Pines, and uh, and a lot of places it wasn't even close. So you got to pay attention to that a little bit. Yeah. Do you know anybody who uses spoon plugs road trolling? Uh, yeah, there are some guys. In fact, uh, I think I think uh, I'm sitting next to one and having a beer and, and uh, something to eat here. After ah, do it. Okay. They'll they'll use them once in a while. I think there are some guys. Uh, they got a road trolling, some kind of a road trolling tournament coming up in July. Yep. I've been talking about that uh, between Jeff and, and Steve Reinstra. They're both going to be in it. They get into Jeff's uh, handmade road troller, and uh, they, they really enjoy that stuff. Yeah, that's a memorial event, if I'm thinking of the same one. Um, I yeah, know. it is. I, I think they're having a, a little bit of a tough time uh, getting the word out for whatever reason, but... Uh, if anybody's interested, if they can message me on Facebook, I'll get them in contact with those guys. Yeah. And uh, we'll get them set up. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I know a couple of people who fish it regularly and uh, actually have um, have won it once or twice. So, uh, ah. That's, uh, that's a... Really get some, Go ahead. really get some dedicated uh, road trollers. Yeah. Yeah, those guys, I mean... If you see the equipment they have and what they do, and it's very sophisticated and advanced. Yep, yep. Um, the late Tom Gelb was, uh, you know, a very uh, big road troller, and I know Kevin Wallenfang does it, Pat Durkin, and, and some other guys as well. Well, listen, uh, we're going to let you go and uh, leave you up there with those muskies, and don't forget the, there will be fish in the Madison Lakes when you come home. Uh, don't worry about it. I'll... Probably a day after I get back, I'll be out there once the boat's cleaned up and the truck is washed. All right. Well, thanks, Duffy. Okay, Dan. Thank you. You bet. Duffy Cup with a Northwoods-style Madison Outdoors report. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. If you're ever in a car or motorcycle accident and need help, call Hupie and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupie and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best, Hupie and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit Hupie.com. And all 11 offices of Hupie and Abraham are open for business if you need their help. Well, joining me now from Wisconsin Rapids, once again, is Jeff Kelm. Jeff, you were on the road last weekend for an MWC tournament in Mobridge, South Dakota, I understand. Uh, yeah, I was in Mobridge, South Dakota, had a great time. We had uh, 62 teams out there and uh, had fish, multiple fish over 10 pounds to the scale, had one over 12 pounds to the scale, um, big fish in the Missouri River system, more specifically Lake Oahe. And, uh, it, we, we managed to get rid of the triple digit temperatures before we got there. So that was, uh, that was even better, but it was, it was a good time. I, I love going to Mobridge and, uh, we're going to be back there for a big event that I, I can't, uh, release yet, but, uh, it's going to be a big event for next year. And so, um, 
uh, we're going to spend some more time there about uh, about a year from now. Well, good, good. Who won? Uh, we had a couple of guys actually from uh, not even close to the local area. One guy was from Morrison, Colorado. The other teammate was from Dearborn Heights, Michigan, which is a suburb of Detroit. Um, mm-hmm. And they won with uh, 39 pounds and 12 ounces, almost five pounds over the second place team. Um, and wow. uh, yeah, uh, their first day's weight was 21 pounds and nine ounces. And that was only with three fish. Oh so <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, heck of a heck of a weekend for them. And uh, just a lot of fun to see uh, that team uh, do well. They're a team that uh, has fished with other people th- uh, before and, had some success, but it's uh, really neat to see them come together and and be successful on on a body of water that neither one of them have spent any real time on. Yeah. Well, how did they do it? They uh, what they ended up doing is concentrating on a lot of points, and they, I mean, you know, sometimes Dan being lucky is okay, and they stumbled yeah. on a couple of points in the river system that were just holding large fish, and then they the 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 the, the struggling or the the tough part for a lot of these teams is they could maybe find a couple of large fish but you could only bring one fish over 20 inches per angler to the scale each day hmm. so you had to okay. round out your other five fish or your your other three fish uh yeah. which is with as close to 19 inches or 20 inches as possible without going over and for some teams that was tough to find those under 20s um, and for other teams, it was tough to find any that would go over 15, which was the low end hmm. mark you had to hit. Yeah. They yeah. found where they could go pick off their big fish, and then they found another hump where everything was 18 to 19 and a half inches. So, yeah. I mean, they just kind of stumbled into it, but they they needed to, you know, they needed to search for the, that place. They put they put about 35 miles on each day, uh, going to find mm-hmm. those fish. So. Um, it's not like it was, you know, right off the launch. They had to go travel a little bit, but, uh, props to them. It was, it was fun to talk to them and, and, uh, they were, they were jigging those fish up and, uh, had a good time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask you jigging or trolling. So they were jigging, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. jigging points. Yeah. yeah. Well, those are the kinds of, um, uh, structures that hold fish uh, on a river system for sure. Even and lakes as well. Mm-hmm. But boy, mm-hmm. on a river, you got current that flows over and around the point and that gives uh you know gives them places to hide and um you know and, and moving water and all that's good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. yeah well when's the next tournament so i've got uh i've got a high school fishing uh state championship in minnesota here in a couple of weeks and then we've got the 2021 bass pro cabela's uh, national team championships we've got 217 teams on lake huron um mm-hmm. and then uh Next MWC event is Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, August 13th and 14th. And uh, so we'll be up on the St. Mary's River on the American side only because the Canadian border is still closed. So yep. we'll be as yep. close as we can get without going over it. Uh-huh. Yep. And there are people watching that border as well, mm-hmm. for, sure. for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sure you want an update on uh, the rooster. Yes, uh, yeah. The renegade rooster. I don't know if I told you last week I named him Hank. No, no, I didn't hear a name, no. Okay, well, he had a long, wailing uh, crow, you know, uh, not a short cock-a-doodle-doo. He kind of went, cock-a-doodle-doo. I'm not real good at imitating it, but... Uh, so he remi- reminded me of Hank Williams, uh, the original Hank Williams, sure, you know. Sure, sure. 
So uh, anyway, uh, I hunted him a couple more times, uh, did not see him again, heard him every morning that I was out there. And finally, uh, let's see, uh, Wednesday I think was the last day I hunted him because then Thursday I went to uh, Milwaukee to be ready for my appearance at uh, Remy Battery on Friday. Got back, uh, did not hunt Saturday, so Sunday I went out nothing and uh dead eye and our our helper who's with us this summer ozzy did not hear him or see him on saturday and uh, since then he has disappeared mm. so i don't know if something got him or if he moved on to greener pastures somewhere uh, i'm suspecting uh some predator got him and i may go looking for feathers one of these days sure. he was uh mostly white so he'll be pretty easy to uh you know if 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 parts are lying around usually if a coyote or a bobcat gets one they take off with it and you never see him again sure. i've had that happen with uh, uh hawk and owl captured uh chickens as well they just disappear mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. anyway that may be the case and i wrote about it for the this next issue of outdoor news and Sent it to Dean, kind of crossing my fingers and wondering what he'd think, but he said he liked the story, so I'm pretty sure it'll be in there. Well, there we go. Eileen and I talked about that on our way out to Mowbridge. We were talking about your chicken adventure and... And she, we, we were, we were pulling for you too, so, uh, you know, maybe he'll come around. Maybe he'll come around. Well, you know, I miss him. You know, I'd have shot him if I had a chance, (laughs) but I miss him. I miss that, that whale and, uh, and the challenge of, well, it was like turkey hunting mm-hmm, at the end, mm-hmm. you know, so. And then, of course, I was at Remy Battery for their grand reopening, uh, last weekend. The first guy in the door had an outdoor Wisconsin hat from 1984. <laughs> uh, the first year we did the show and I recognized it as the first hat design and we went through probably eight or ten designs over the years. And he said he had one that I'd signed. He lost it, and uh, he found this one at a garage sale, picked it up, and he had it in a Ziploc bag, <laughs> and he wanted me to, to autograph it, which, of course, I did. And, uh, you know, I didn't get his name uh, other than that it's Kevin. So, Kevin, if you're listening, uh, post it on Facebook and uh, send me a link. I'll but, be done. Uh, anyway, we had a good time. I visited with... Uh, uh, folks at Remy Battery, including retired president of Remy, Dick Miller, who stopped to say hi. And I was really impressed with their operation. Most of their business is contract work for the government or corporations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they make, um, they sell batteries, chargers, cables, and other accessories. And they make battery cables right there in house. There's one guy just making cables. So, well. so, uh, as our new sponsor, um, that's going to be, uh, advertising regularly and we'll be talking to Mike Miller in fact next week uh, we're going to help them try to grow their retail business it's a small percentage of the total sales but we're going to see what we can do to drive some more traffic to their storefront. Very cool. So, Yeah and there are three storefronts of course Escanaba and Houghton as well as uh, Milwaukee and then I had lunch with Max Zaruba I may have mentioned him before he hosts a ice fishing charity event on Petenwell Flowage, and that's a long ways off, a good six and a half, seven months off in January 29th, but we'll be talking with him between now and then for sure. Well, coming up, Ty Stubblefield of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers reports on BCA's recent 10th anniversary rendezvous and invites listeners to join the annual Hike to Hunt fundraiser. Jim Bobby Ash announces July activities at the Range of Richfield, 
and John Steigerwald of the Rough Grouse Society updates us on the status of grouse in Wisconsin and across the upper Midwest. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the disruption camo pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN. RGS. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. As Remy Battery enters the 90th anniversary of our company, we want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the years. Thank you for your continued support to our local, family-owned company. We invite you to our newly remodeled Milwaukee retail store on the corner of 43rd Street and Lincoln Avenue. We have batteries from the largest military crafts to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or the waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Time now for another update from the Range of Richfield, your ultimate shooting experience. Located on Helson Drive, just north of Cabela's, at the split of highways 41 and 45, and also on the web, at therangewi.com. And here to give us our monthly look at what's happening at the range is Range of Richfield President Jim Bobbyesh. Well, Jim, welcome back. Hey, hi, Dan. Happy summer. Yeah, uh, happy... You're enjoying this, yeah. Yeah, this crazy weather. Happy summer, so, indeed. Uh, how was June? You know, June was fantastic. Our Father's Day uh, uh, was great. We had a lot of uh, dads and their kids come out having a great time shooting. Uh, which we always enjoy. It's, I'm so glad that they take advantage. Actually, we had more kids with their dads this year than we haven't had in the past. Wonderful. Which is, which is just awesome. I, I love to see that. You know, I try to get these young kids more involved with the, the shooting industry. Yep. So that's one way to at least get them in the door and, and, and get familiar with it. And, you know, who, who knows? Maybe they'll come back. We actually did a survey. Uh, uh, we wanted to find out if, if there were parents out there with, with, with younger children that would like us to put on a, a class for kids and uh, amazingly we had a, a fairly nice amount of response and it was all positive wow. so we are working we're working towards that so hopefully come fall we'll be able to have some kind of a you know either a junior 22 class or something like that so that we can uh, get these kids more interested in it yeah and more knowledgeable so that they know what exactly. to do if they encounter a gun 
lying around, which shouldn't happen, but it does. And you know something that's probably the main main part of that whole education process for us. You know, you know, everybody says, "Well, my kid would never do that." You know, he knows all about guns. Hmm. We'd never have one laying around a house. Well, guess what? It's not at your house. It's going to be at Johnny's house. Yeah. And and there's a gun laying around. Well, if your son knows to go find an adult, that's great. If if they don't, that's when the problems arrive. So yeah. Yeah. that's what we're going to try to instill and, and hopefully grow these kids into uh, uh, future shooters. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, Father's Day came and went. Uh, do you have? Did you have a turnout there worth um, having a special? It was. It was great. It was. It was wonderful. Uh, as a matter of fact, our traffic remains steady. Uh, we're, we're seeing an awful lot of folks take advantage of our ten dollar Wednesdays. Mm. This is our summer special. Yeah. Um, what we do is we offer both standard and premium lanes uh, for ten dollars. Um, so that's a nice discount. So you know, be sure be sure to stop in and take advantage of this summer bargain. It'll run through the end of uh, I believe it's the end of uh, September. Uh, but come on down. It's a, it's a great deal. Fantastic. Okay. How's your gun selection? You know, we've got some really good news. Uh, we have a great selection of guns. We are seeing a steady stream of Hellcats, EZs, Glocks, Canix, ARs, defensive shotguns, and, and more uh, showing up on our dock. Uh, our gun case hasn't looked this good since the fourth quarter of 2019. Wow. So, yeah, I know. It's just amazing. So this is a great time to buy your next firearm before our Second Amendment rights disappear. Uh. So who knows how that's gonna if that's gonna happen? But uh, at least we've got product now. So come on in and check it out. Wonderful. Okay. And I imagine a lot of people are buying guns for the first time. I, I know there was a, a a boom in that nationwide. Oh yeah, yeah. Like 8.4 million uh people bought guns for the first time. Oof. So there's a lot of a lot yeah, there's a lot of them out there and you know, we here at the range are committed to our education center. And I encourage everybody who just purchased a gun to to take a class, uh to get a lesson. You know, just owning a firearm is not enough. Mm-hmm. You need to become one with it. And that means training and practice. Yep. Um, as you know, we offer several different training uh sessions on all skill levels. Uh from private handgun lessons, uh, we have uh, five highly skilled and trained instructors that are available, you know, for individual couples or group, whether it's uh, uh, beginning, intermediate, advanced, handgun, rifle, AR, shotgun. We're here to help and make you stay safe. Wonderful. Okay. Well, and so I imagine you're adding classes, huh? We are. We're a little bit slower right now because of summer, because of everything that's going on, and everybody can get out now for a change, and it, and do some of the other things they couldn't do for the last 18 months. Yeah. But uh, we, we do have some classes, and uh, here's just a few of them that we have on books right now. Our very popular NRA basic pistol course is going to be July 10th and 11th. Uh, we have a concealed, Wisconsin concealed carry class on July 18th. We also have a ladies-only concealed carry class on July 25th. And then uh, another one that's become real popular is the women's handgun fundamentals. Now, that's not until August, but again, it fills up in a hurry, so if uh, any of the ladies out there are interested, they should really come and take a look at it. It's a, it's a, it's a great class. And they can sign up right online, right? Yes, they can. We've got that all set up now, so you can go uh, on our website, take a look at all the classes, and, and get everything signed up right there, um, which makes it a lot easier. Okay. Well, how is the um, safe outlook? Uh, you you got plenty in stock? 
Well, I, I have a few in stock right now, but uh, I have 60 fantastic Liberty safes being delivered this month. Wow. Uh, now, approximately 40% are pre-sold, mm-hmm. but that still leaves us a great selection to choose from. Right now, if you wanted me to order a specific safe for you, it, it could be six months, could be a six month wait. Wow. So, uh, we, we probably have the safe you're looking for here at the range. So either stop in or, or give me a call to discuss your needs. You know, folks, this is a great time, uh, to invest in, in the peace of mind that comes with each Liberty safe. And here's your chance to pick up one of the best built safes on the planet without having to wait that long time period. Wonderful. Well, and if people are not in the market or don't know what they're in the market for, uh, you're there to talk about guns and accessories anytime, right? Absolutely. You know, uh, we love to talk about guns, love to talk about safes, you know, uh, you name it. Um, so if, if you just want to come in and take a look around or get a feel of what the market's like, what the new stuff is going to look like, you know, come on in and talk to our gun experts. You know, we'd be happy to show you some of our new products and what we can expect as the year unfolds. All right. Well, Jim, thanks so much once again for an update and uh, lots of exciting things happening at the range. And gosh, uh, next time we talk, it'll be August. That's hard to believe. Uh, it's very hard to believe. It's just going way too fast. You know, half the year is gone already. Just, yeah. uh, just amazing. Yeah. So. Well, thank you so much, and we'll be in touch. Thanks, Dan. You bet. Ranger Richfield President Jim Bobby Ash, and the Ranger Richfield is on Helson Drive, just north of Cabela's, the Richfield Cabela's, of course, at the split of highways 41 and 45, and also on the web at therangewi.com. The Ranger Richfield is your ultimate shooting experience. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Backcountry Hunters and Anglers is a nonprofit conservation organization dedicated to ensuring North America's outdoor heritage of hunting and fishing in a natural setting. They do educational programs and they also work on behalf of wild public lands, waters, and wildlife with boots on the ground. And BCA has chapters in every state, I noticed, except Delaware and Hawaii. I wonder what that's all about. But uh, their website is backcountryhunters.org. And on past shows, we've talked with BCA President Lantani and several Wisconsin representatives as well. And joining us today to give us an update on BCA activities is Ty Stubblefield. He is the BCA chapter coordinator, and he also does new chapter development and i understand he's a, an aspiring buffalo rancher we may get to that if we have time ty thanks for joining us hey thanks for having me on dan i really appreciate it yeah you bet welcome to the vast outdoors radio network if uh if we if we got a good signal we may have thousands of people hearing our conversation right now uh at least i'm i'm hoping that's the case um now, I understand BCA held its 10th annual rendezvous at Fort Missoula, Montana, uh, very recently, uh, mid-June. 
Uh, and for many attendees at that event, it was the first public gathering since the pandemic shut everything down a year and a half ago. How was the rendezvous? The rendezvous was awesome, Dan. And in many ways, it was great to have, you know, hundreds of people like back together after almost two year hiatus of like in-person events and an outdoor rendezvous is what we had, uh, meant to, you know, mirror the, the days of old when back when the trappers and, and the fur, you know, all the fur trading, they had held rendezvous and that was the premise behind this year's rendezvous, which is something we wanted to do for years. And the, you know, the current situation gave us that opportunity and, and it was the best way to pivot where in years past our rendezvous have been held indoors, um, at large facilities. And this gave us an opportunity to do an outdoor event. We had hundreds of people there, all kinds of outdoor, you know, um, events and games and, um, talking about bison. We even broke down a bison. Um, the whole crowd got to take part. Mm. And, um, yeah, so we had, uh, uh, a local Montana representative, Tyson Running Wolf, actually, um, came and showed us and they did a, a ceremony over the animal and then showed us their their native ways of breaking down a buffalo and uh, just an awesome experience the entire 400 and some odd people were engaged and just circled around this this bison on the ground um this is very it was a really spiritual uh event and it was great to witness that and you know the history behind it and, and learn from the native cultures here in montana uh-huh. uh, it was awesome yeah. Now, did did they cook it then? So we didn't cook it. Uh, turns out there's some regulations that USDA has put in place to where we can't just kill an animal and then cook it uh-huh. and serve it to a bunch of people. Okay. So we we uh, we pivoted real quick. That was the original plan was to harvest the animal, break it down, um, do do a bunch of uh, like hands-on uh, skills with you know making grind and sausage and sure. learning cuts of the animal you know we had uh, several butchers on on uh, you know skilled craftsmen in breaking down animals on site um, and then we were going to the crowd was going to eat you know the bison but we weren't able to do that so we pivoted and we rounded up a bunch of bison grind and made uh, Traeger one of our amazing sponsors cooked bison burgers for us right there on site Saturday night so everybody did get to eat bison Nice, nice. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I imagine breaking down a buffalo is a lot like a deer, only uh, on a bigger scale. Uh, Much. Probably, probably more like an elk. And, and, of course, there's that hump you have to deal with as well. Uh, I've never done it. I've done a lot of deer. And as I told you uh, before we started recording, we raise sheep. And I butcher a few every year myself and help friends do it. But... That that is a skill um, I'm still learning after many years of doing it. I've seen people very fast at breaking down a deer or an animal that size, and uh, uh, you learn something every time you watch somebody do it. So, so what other uh, events did you do? You said you played games and had a lot of outdoor activities. Yeah, we had um, several skills games. Uh, you know, fly obviously fly casting is a popular one at events like this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, several seminars that had to do with backcountry hunting and you know gear, um, setting up tents, um, 
you know, several just outdoor type games. And one of the, one of the biggest events, uh, of the rendezvous this year was the launch of our annual hike to hunt, uh-huh. which, which is a, it's a, a community building. Um, it's a fundraising event, but it's designed to get people out and on our public lands, utilizing our public lands, you know, for not only, you know, bettering themselves through health, you know, getting more physically in shape, um, but also just building awareness of the issues our public lands and waters face. But one of the awesome things that we're, we were able to do this year, and we've expanded on the hike to hunt, where in years past it was the hike to hunt challenge, where you were able to hike or run and track through the uh, Under Armour Map My Hike app. Mm-hmm. Well, this year we were able to utilize a different platform and we we're able to track mountain biking or road biking and also water recreation like paddling, canoeing, rafting, that sort of a thing. And so now we have four different races. There's the hike and run race, there's the bike race, there's the the water race and then you can or you could do all three and that's a separate that's a fourth race uh-huh. and so any any outdoor activity that you and your family do on public lands public waters you're able to partake in this race and have fun uh, engage your family engage your friends and it's very similar to like a walkathon uh like you would do at your you know your, your kids schools uh-huh. where you kids your kids would pledge to walk X amount of, you know, laps or miles for X amount of dollars. You know, say your kid walks 10 laps, you give them 10 bucks, a dollar a lap. Mm-hmm. You can do the same thing here and in pledge to hike or bike or float X amount of miles and get your friends and your family and your coworkers to donate your name. Um, and lots of prizes. Uh, there's tons of prizes you can win uh, from all of our uh, hike to hunt partners. Um, I'm going to kind of go through some of these prizes, but our partners are Big Agnes, Danner, Savage, Benchmade, and NRS. Mm-hmm. And in each of those races, we're giving away over a thousand dollar prize package just randomly. Wow. So it's not like, yeah. So it's not like you have to hike the most miles. You just have to sign up and then you're entered to win. Oh, so. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So it's a random drawing there. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, and, and this is a, a virtual competition because people are joining all over the country, all over the world if they want, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We have lots of members in Canada taking part of it, part in it. Um, yeah. Anywhere you can, you, anywhere you are, you can join and anywhere you are, you can participate, which means, okay. you know, if you don't, yeah, if you don't have a bunch of trails around your house and you can hike around your neighborhood or r- ride your bike around your neighborhood, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be on public lands. It can be whatever you have access to. Uh-huh. And what's the the purpose of it again? Why are you doing this? So this is to raise funds for, for our wild public lands and waters and the work that we do. Um, and I can give you a few of the things that we're working to highlight. Um you know, a few examples of, say, in, in the hiking challenge. So, say you hike 53 miles, um, you will get a prompt and an email in your in your inbox that talks about the West Virginia New River Gorge, which 
was, uh, was just established last year. Um, and it's a national park. Uh, portions of that park are, have remained open for hunting, but this talks about the 53 miles of river and why it's important. Um, and so you, you'll get to learn about a lot of the issues that we're working on as an organization of why they're important. Nice, nice. Now, it, it started already, so, and how long does it run? It runs through August 1st. August 1st is the last day. Okay, so it's not too late to sign up. No, it's not. You can, yep, you can sign up through early July. Okay. Alright, so another yeah. week or so. And you just go to the website, backcountryhunters.org, right? Correct, yeah. Go to the website. Um, you'll be able to find it. It'll be, it's in a couple of different places on the, on the website. It'll be in the, there's a slider image at the very front homepage. Um, and, uh, it's also in the events. We have an events page. Yep. And you can click on the events page and it's, it's the very first event you'll see. Um, you'll be able to just click on that and be able to sign up. Okay. Well, before we let you go, we got just a little time left. Uh, we mentioned you're going to start raising bison, but you have a couple already, right? We do, yeah, yeah. And so, what's, what's your plan? So we are just south of Billings, Montana. Uh, it's been four years in the making, um, a big family dream. My whole family's involved, my parents, uh, my brother and his family. Um, and we all went in together and, and bought a little piece of Montana heaven. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're starting. We got to get fence up. We just moved here a few months ago and we're putting fence up as we speak and we're going to start stocking up. And our plan is to, to sell bison meat to those that want to enjoy some of the healthiest and, uh, greatest protein known to man. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Well, thanks a bunch, Dan. I appreciate that. You bet. And thank you for spending a little time with us to talk about uh, backcountry hunters and anglers and some of the things that are going on. And uh, we will catch up with um, somebody from your organization again. I know Land pretty well, and I've known Katie and McCaleb for years, so uh, I get her news uh, releases all the time. So we'll probably talk again. Awesome. Thanks for having us, Dan. You bet. Ty Stubblefield, he is the chapter coordinator for Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. And to learn more about everything this organization does and to sign up for the bike or hike or paddle to hunt challenge, uh, just go to their website, backcountryhunters.org. I'm Dan Small, more outdoors radio right after this. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the disruption camo pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. 
Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN. RGS. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. The Rough Grouse and American Woodcock Societies have been working to improve habitat for grouse, woodcock, and other young forest wildlife for 60 years. You can learn more at roughgrousesociety.org. And joining me now for an update on grouse uh, in Wisconsin primarily, and uh, we'll take a look at some other states as well, is RGS Forest Conservation Director for the Great Lakes and Upper Midwest, John Steigerwald. Well, John, welcome back. Good to be back. So uh, last week, we spoke with DNR Assistant Upland Wildlife Ecologist Elena Garretts about the 2021 grouse drumming surveys, which showed a slight decline in grouse numbers statewide. Was this a surprise to you? Uh, not at all, Dan. Um, you know, there, there have been a lot of um, lot of concern as of recently with rough grouse, especially um, when we observed a, an unexpected uh, decline in the rough grouse uh, drumming surveys and hunter success rates a, a few years ago, um, which prompted the state's uh, West Nile virus testing efforts, as well as the state's first rough grouse management plan. Um, that dip in the population happened when we were expecting the population to to be an upward trend. Of course, rough grouse are a cyclical species. About every 9 to 11 years, uh, they experience peaks and valleys in, in their population cycle. Uh, we were expecting their population to, to go, go up, but it, was, it suddenly dropped. Um, but, of course, fewer out hunting last year you know that we actually had a very good uh, rough grouse season last year. Uh, very, very abundant amount of birds. That's sort of the speculation going into um, this this past year was that we were going to hit that that peak of the cycle. A lot of the speculation then became, well, was it um, was it the true peak last year? Um, and from the drumming survey uh, results this year, it appears that yeah, last year was the peak of the cycle. It was a very good year. So for us to be coming back out of that cycle and get get to a point where the population is decreasing is pretty normal. Uh, if you look at the overall trend line, it puts us uh, uh, pretty much where we would expect us to be uh, after exiting that that peak. Um, of course, last year Wisconsin DNR didn't do their their regular drumming count surveys right. uh, because of COVID nineteen yep. um, safety protocols. So we didn't actually get get the true. Um, Number value that we could put on last year's uh, drumming drumming survey results, but uh, anecdotal um, evidence and and uh, wisdom would tell us that uh, yes, we were at the peak last year. And now we're exiting. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, uh, we do drumming surveys here, and I understand Minnesota is the only other state that does a drumming survey. Uh, do we have an idea of how grouse look in other states? Uh, compared to other states, um, the, the trend seems to be uh, pretty pretty normal throughout the states. Uh, I have not yet seen Minnesota's uh, drumming routes, of course. In the lake states, Wisconsin and Minnesota are the only two states that conduct uh, drumming counts. Michigan had done them for a while, but had um, had stopped doing theirs uh, some years back. Uh, but o- overall, you know, Wisconsin, we're still in one of the top three, four rough grouse hunting states in the nation. Sure. Uh, so our, we still do have have a a relatively um, abundant and healthy population, uh, largely due due thanks to our our strong forest products industry that we have in this region. Uh, but other states are not that that fortunate. Um, looking to states like Indiana, Ohio. Uh, Indiana recently actually added uh, rough grouse that we think is just a common forest bird to that state's uh, state threatened and endangered species list. Yeah, I saw so that. At, yeah. So at that state level, you know, uh, a state that that did have an abundant rough grouse population at one time uh, is is at a, a, a inflection point where there's a lot of major concern about um, that state's grouse population. So it should put us in a bit of a reality check about some um, some possible things that could be in our future for portions of our state, especially the southeast region of the state and the southwest region. The Driftless region has been a major concern uh, for many years as far as forest habitat goes. Mm-hmm. And we, we can actually, um, getting relating that back to the drumming counts, you know, there was a 33% increase in the Driftless region as far as drumming counts this year. Well, the northern region saw a negative 7% um, was a, to a decrease in the population. And the central region relatively stayed the same, but uh, it, it's important for people looking at those drumming count numbers to realize that in the driftless region of Wisconsin, a 33% increase is largely due to there being such a small population of rough grouse in that region that any slight change uh, in drumming counts can have big statistical changes on the back end, um, whether it actually <laughs> equates to a 33% increase or not, uh, it is is debatable. It could be a lot of a lot of error in how the math is, is calculated. Yeah. yeah. Statewide, we we saw a six six percent decline, and that's that's pretty well expected. Yeah, but it's um, to kind of wrap up this um, this part of the conversation. It's still going to be worth hunting grouse this fall. Oh, you bet. That, that's the one thing that I tried to echo even going back a few years when we saw that, that slight decline in the rough grouse population is don't let these, these little tiny, um, bumps fool you along the way. Don't let that hold you back from getting a new shotgun, training a new bird dog. Um, I was kind of in that same boat when, when we were going to that, that, uh, uh, you know, unexpected decline in, in the drumming counts. I got a new dog, and I was glad I did. I mm-hmm. got two new shotguns. I was glad I did because last year was a, was a pretty bang up season. Yeah, wonderful. Well, to change topics a little bit. Uh, the uh, Rough Grouse Society magazine called Covers now uh, has a series uh, on know your uh, know your covers, know your trees, essentially, or your your other species. And you did an article that's in the summer issue. On white pine, eastern white pine, um, that's kind of an unusual uh, tree species for grouse. I, I have seen grouse in in tall pines. A lot of times, well, not a lot, but occasionally my dog would flush 
you know, a young bird, and it would fly up and land on a branch and pretend uh, that, that <laughs> it wasn't there. Uh, and I suppose they use young pine as well for cover um, when it's more, uh, you know, denser, closer to the ground. Uh, but otherwise, um, how important is white pine to rough grouse? So it, it, it's not a, a, a critical uh, species for, for rough grouse. You know, in, in the lake states, we tend to find rough grouse primarily in our aspen cuts, mm-hmm. um, mostly because the management that we do for aspen is very conducive to rough grouse habitat. It's really easy for managers to, to create rough grouse habitat in, in aspen cover types. But if you hunt rough grouse in driftless region in the state or the central forest, you know that rough grouse can be found in a wide range of forested areas where we maybe don't have the aspen resource in our state. Uh, but white pine is an interesting one. Um, you know, it, it definitely in young conifer stands, you can find rough grouse. Sure. And where you get that, that mix and that diversity inside of, uh, let's say, an aspen stand where you have um, smaller white pine here or there, adding some extra escape cover, adding some extra thermal cover uh, is, is especially important. We're having aspen stands adjacent to white pine stands. So, for example, um, you know, some of the expected changes that, that we're, we're, we're expecting to see from climate change in our region is that our winters are going to be milder. And what that means for species like rough grouse is that um, we're going to lose our, our snow cover. Or we're not going to have our snow cover as early in the winter as we normally do. Um, we've actually observed this the past, past few years uh, to some extent where rough grouse uh, are known to um, snow roost, dive into to 10 to 12 inches of soft, fluffy snow, actually burrow in and help thermal regulate their bodies, as well as escape predators. Yeah. Um, white pine can serve a, a very important um, role in those type of forest management uh, scenarios where if we interplant um, or promote white pine regeneration within our aspen cuts, those white pine that's brought up will add thermal cover in those years where we don't get um, the proper snow depth for rough grouse to snow roost, uh, or add that extra escape cover from both hunters and predators, of course. So it, it does play a role uh, in the rough grouse uh, hunting woods and community. But this this Know Your Covers uh, series that we've been doing in the Rough Grouse magazine for a while is really a series that we're doing to help um, just promote, educate, get more resources and knowledge into the hands of, of our uh, members about uh, the, the forest that they, they hunt and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the most recent article that we did on, on eastern white pine really wasn't about the ecology and biology of, of white pine. It's more about the history as it relates to uh, the founding of the United States. Yeah, and uh, we don't really have time to go into that history, but it's uh, it was intriguing to me to learn that uh, white pine was used uh, to build the masts of uh, sailing ships, and in fact, uh, uh, the white pine was on the first uh, Continental Navy flag, and uh, uh, the British government uh, made it illegal to cut pine uh, that that uh, could be used for ship masts. Um, very interesting history. So. Uh, yeah, I'd say it's it's an interesting type article um, where where really you see that that white pine played a major role, probably more important than than the uh, Boston Tea Party, where the white pine uh, riots, the, the white pine tree riots. So um, you know, those are the type of articles that we offer up in the RGS magazine. 
And I'd say if you're interested in, in learning more about those type of topics, become an RGS member and supporter. Uh, go to roughgrousesociety.org, become a member, and you get our covers magazine uh, once a quarter. Yep. Uh, and I enjoy reading it, uh, cover to cover. I read covers. <laughs> well, listen, uh, we can let you go. So thank you so much for the update. And folks, if you're interested in uh, learning more about the society and uh, and getting the magazine, as John mentioned, you can um, join RGS by going to roughgrousesociety.org. We'll talk to you again probably next month, John. Sounds good. John Steigerwald is the Forest Conservation Director for the Great Lakes and Upper Midwest for the Rough Grouse and American Woodcock Societies. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Outdoors Radio is brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. And Cedar Lake Sales is open for business. Check out their website or Facebook page for updates and details. They got your new and used boat in stock. Visit them online or uh, check out the store. We're also brought to you by Remy Battery, family-owned and operated since 1931, serving Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton at RemyBattery.com. And by Huntworth Gear, high-tech camo wear at a price you can afford. Check out HuntworthGear.com. And if you missed an episode of our TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, you can watch several seasons' worth at MilwaukeePBS.org. And if you missed Deer Hunt Wisconsin, it's on that uh, YouTube page as well, and you can watch it on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. We've got our radio show online all the time, so if you uh, want to go back and listen to this again or you want to catch a previous show, you can go on to lake-link.com, go to their outdoor radio page. You can find this show and past shows up to about a year ago, and uh, you can take them with you wherever you go. You can follow Dan on social media all week by getting online and finding Dan Small Outdoors. You can find me at Hardwater Jeff. And if you happen to visit a state park or natural area this weekend and find a young fawn, leave it alone. They usually spend the day hiding, and uh, sometimes people stumble upon them. The does nurse them a couple times a day. Most fawns you see uh, in the wild alone are not abandoned. For more info on what to do if you find one, go to dnr.wi.gov. Keywords, keep wildlife wild. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. 
And you can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com. I'm Dan Small, here with Jeff Kelm. Have a safe and successful uh, holiday weekend. And if you're on the road, be very careful. There's going to be an uptick in drivers. Uh, Jeff, you have a happy fourth, and we'll talk to you again next week. Yeah, you too, Dan. You stay safe. Thank you. And folks, join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. You've been listening to Outdoors Radio, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Find more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Brought to you by Lake Link, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. When the worms go dry in the coffee can, honey, 